You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum, and I am an artist and an intuitive energy curator. Today's episode is going to be a conversation with myself and Dr. Jenny Ward. She is a clinical psychologist with over a decade of experience. She's a CEO who has owned a seven-figure business, which she just sold very recently for top dollar. She is an advisor to leaders, business owners, and high achievers. She is an oracle and a guide and a high priestess. And I am very fortunate to have met her through the Spirit School Collective. We both were talking in this episode a little bit about how we both feel like spiritual matchmakers. And as many of you have heard me talk about before, including the episode with Danielle Serenk, I love the role that I have in the community of matching people for practice readings. And I matched myself with Jenny and we just really hit it off and got along really well. We've had a couple of practice reading sessions with each other. I wouldn't even call them practice at this point because I received so much through my sessions with Jenny. She was able to pick up on specific details in my life that made a lot of sense, including a few signs that came up and were validated in other readings I received later on. And I'm just really excited for you to hear this conversation between the two of us. We touched on a lot of things, including work-life balance and breaking out of the box in your career. And I'm really excited for her to describe to you her mastery paradigm methodology. Jenny works one-on-one with clients and works over a period of either three, six, or nine months. And I feel like this is a way to go deep and to really bring yourself to the next level. The way she speaks about this, I think, will really help you to feel into whether this is something that resonates with you and your needs at this time. And she's also going to be opening up a group service to be able to have people who are in similar spaces in their life to be able to connect and really help each other move forward in a more powerful way. So I really look forward to hearing your feedback on this episode. I know I really enjoyed this as well. I'm also on her wisdom portal podcast as well in a most recent episode you can find her at the wisdom portal on instagram and look in the show notes as well to find more ways to find her and work with her but i will now leave you to listening to the episode welcome back to another episode of spirit crumbs we have dr jenny ward with us today to talk a bit about spirituality and psychology How are you doing today, Jenny? I'm doing really well. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me. I am very excited to have you on Spirit Crumbs. One of the things that I love about Jenny is that she has such a calm and like warm presence. And we've connected a few times outside of this. 
because we met in a spiritual space. I didn't meet you through the psychology space. I'm just wondering how you came to connect the two, like when that sort of started to happen for you personally. Sure. So I guess I'll go back to I started getting interested in becoming a psychologist when I was 12 years old. So we're really harkening back here a yeah. long time ago. I actually have no idea where that came from. Like I, I do feel like it was a, a yearning from my soul because I grew up in this very small town. I'd never met a psychologist before, yet I knew very young that that's what I wanted to do and just pursued it very singularly from that point forward. I did the traditional route of, you know, an undergraduate degree in psychology and then a master's degree and a PhD in clinical psychology. And then I did my residency and just began working in the traditional world. I worked in the Canadian military system as a psychologist, a civilian psychologist. And that was during the height of the war in Afghanistan and became specialized in trauma and PTSD. I had a strong yearning as well to run my own business. I love being an entrepreneur. So I left that job and started my own clinic and, and did that for many years. So on the external side, I was just this very traditional psychologist, very like evidence-based medical system model and had a reputation for that. But internally and in my personal life, I was always so interested in the spiritual side of things. And I was learning and growing and pursuing, you know, whenever I did a training, it was, I was always most interested in spiritual stuff. So I would do my psychology trainings, but my favorite trainings were the, you know, I did medical intuition many years ago, like a course on that and courses on the chakras and, you know, all kinds of learnings on energy medicine. And I just used it on myself and developed this knowledge base. And, you know, I can see now that my life was kind of taking me in that direction, but I, I never planned really on using it professionally. I was just so interested in it on a personal level. And then I started feeling this conflict of, oh, I have this wonderful side of, you know, all these skills on this one side that are spiritual and energetic. And then I have this psychology world where I could feel in my clients that, well, this is your real problem. <laughs> it's on the, the spiritual dimension, but I couldn't say that out loud. And so that was really starting to build some, some conflict in me. So I decided a few years ago, you know what, that's, I'm done pretending to be this person who really, it's really not who I truly am. So I started just very gradually stepping into being more open about what I actually do, which is work in the, the spiritual and energetic dimensions as well. And I developed my own methodology called the mastery paradigm, which integrates all of it together. And I have just slowly and gradually moved into doing that full time. I've sold my psychology practice just a couple of months ago. And now that's what I'm doing all the time. I love that so much. And I feel like that 
shift that happens in your brain where you start to realize like, oh, this isn't actually what I want to be doing. And this the spirituality, I feel like for most people in different careers, when they make that shift, it, it's so sneaky. Like it just comes in a little bit at a time. And then all of a sudden that tipping point happens where you just can't see, you can't unsee it. Like you, you're just in that energy. And I also love that it's almost like a rebellion that happens. Like I, we were talking before, I, I love that you just decide, okay, you know what? I don't have to fit in this box anymore. Can you talk a little bit about like that actual conscious shift you made to lean into the rebellion? Yeah, so that's been a huge piece of this whole evolution. So I remember probably even before I made this shift, I decided, you know, maybe I will start thinking about just dabbling in this a little bit, because as you start to become interested in something, you know, one of the spiritual and universal laws that is spoken about most often is the law of attraction. And so I was having clients magnetized to me who are very interested in this sort of thing, even though I wasn't at all advertising for it. And so they were asking me and I was like, oh, I don't know. Am I even allowed to talk about this, you know, within my designation as a psychologist? So I called our um, regulatory body called the College of Alberta Psychologists and asked them, like, okay, am I allowed to do this? Um, What are the rules on this? And I called them a couple of times about this. And I remember them telling me things like, well, maybe, maybe not. And you might get into trouble. You know, they would give me answers like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm preemptively trying to not get into trouble here. So can you just tell me the guidelines that I have to follow and I'll follow them. And they wouldn't really tell me it was just such a vague and very like acrimonious response. Like, yeah, we probably are going to, you know, do something to your license, but we won't tell you what until till the time comes. <laughs> That's sort of a prize. <laughs> yeah, it was just ridiculous. So there were all these little experiences like that where I was like, you know what? I'm really getting frustrated by this. So I kept my practice within, you know, the psychologist designation. And even when I began developing the mastery paradigm, which was quite spiritual, it was quite energetic, I was starting to feel a little bit of like, oh, I feel like I'm getting a bit too far outside of this box. I was still offering it as a psychologist, but I could feel myself holding back on some of my gifts because I was afraid of the repercussions. So over the course of the last couple of years, I've just decided I'm not willing to continue to kind of be concerned about this, this sanctioning that's, you know, just such a vague thing. And I decided to just step away from my designation, even though it's been a wonderful experience. I've loved being a psychologist. I haven't had a negative experience in that respect, but really what I do just isn't part of that box. It's not, it doesn't fit in that box. And so I've decided I'm just going to step out of that box and make my new box, my own (laughs) unique one. And so I've decided to step out of that role and that designation. I love that it happened gradually, but like you get to that point where you're just like, okay, you know what? This has served me for this amount of time and now it's time to do something new. And when you were talking about that, I feel like in my head, I could see like an interesting kind of flip on that dynamic because you're bringing, you were bringing the spirituality into the psychology, 
But now being on the other side of it and having developed the mastery paradigm and all of that, is there times when you see like psychology coming into your spiritual practices? Yeah, absolutely. So the mastery paradigm, I developed it as a methodology where I can use, I'm not operating under my designation as a psychologist. You know, it's not like I just erased all my psychological skills out of my brain. <laughs> so, so I'm still using the, those skills, uh, just not under that designation. So, you know, when clients come, I work a lot with people who have achieved a certain level of success in their life. And so they've often done a lot of personal healing already. And, you know, they're usually not in this like extreme state of, you know, needing intensive psychological help. Sometimes they are, but usually not. If they were, I'd probably refer them to a psychologist for some uh, preliminary work there. But usually they're feeling like, you know what, I've got enough money, I've got a great relationship or, you know, whatever metrics they had in their mind about what success was that we are taught by society that we should be striving for. And they've achieved those and they realize I'm not feeling particularly fulfilled or I thought it would feel better. And so I'm helping them to step into kind of the next level of their fulfillment. And so sometimes it is some psychological stuff, like often they're high level at work. So it might be kind of figuring out, okay, boundaries or leadership style. It might be some trauma processing from some residual stuff that's coming up, psychologically speaking. But I also integrate, you know, I'll do an intuitive read on a situation or I'll do energetic block removal or cord cutting, or maybe we'll do a past life regression where we'll go back into, you know, a lot of my clients have things like if you're familiar with the witch wound where there's been persecution in previous lifetimes. And so that's stopping the person from achieving their full capacity for success in this lifetime. So there's a structure to it, but there's a lot of flow within it, depending on what the person is coming with. That's really incredible. I love hearing how those have merged together to be able to support people, especially people, like you said, who have achieved a high level of success already. I think that's a really interesting dynamic to work with. And I'm wondering too, from the perspective of having people who are in a space like that, do you feel like there are people who want to open up their gifts and they're having trouble? Because I know you mentioned that like you felt being in a box made it hard for you to expand into your gifts. Do you have clients that have similar experiences as well? Yes. I would say almost all my clients have that issue. So <laughs> yeah. that definitely is funny you touched on that, but that's your intuitive sense. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the reasons, so I was talking about like the law of attraction and people who are coming to me, you know, earlier on as I was sort of exploring, maybe getting into this more fully. And one of the things that was happening was at the time, I thought the strangest thing, and I was very confused by it, my clients were coming to me for traditional psychological work. So a lot of them are coming for trauma-related issues. However, during the course of our work together, they were becoming psychic. Like a whole bunch of my clients had this experience. And I was like, I'm not trying to do this, yet it keeps happening to my clients. And I was asking friends, you know, psychologists, friends, does this happen to you guys? And they're all like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so I had sought out some mentorship to ask, like, what the heck is going on? Because it was such a strange thing to me. 
And my mentor helped me to realize and to recognize my role as a high priestess, which is there's sort of like the healer group. And then there's the one who's in charge of the healer group, you know, let's say historically in, in ancient times. And so that was one of my roles in many past lifetimes. And so it's just a part of my energetic makeup. And so when people start hanging out with me, they naturally start to step into their spiritual gifts. It's not something that I have to necessarily work on with them. It's just a natural evolution of our time together. I see it in friends sometimes too, where I sometimes have to warn them like, FYI, this sometimes happens to people who hang out with me. <laughs> um, like a dead swimmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do some like direct teaching around it as well, because I am trained in that. But a lot of it is just kind of an evolution and an unfolding for that person. And it comes out in whatever way is right for them, however their gifts are meant to come up. Oh, that's beautiful. I've had a couple of sessions with you, but I'm wondering how much of it when you are working with someone over time, like if you're working with them through a process, how much of it is like you just holding space for them and how much of it is you having a structure for like how you work through the sessions? Because I feel like yeah. that's something I always find interesting when I'm experiencing a session, like how much I have to sort of allow myself to put myself forward and how much I'm being guided is always an interesting mix for me. Right. Yeah. So you and I did kind of a couple single session, yeah. um, which I don't do a ton of. So I've noticed that my work is most powerful in sort of longer term containers. Uh, so I mostly work in three, six and 12 month packages. And so I do a mix. I'm definitely one of those people that I have a mix of yin and yang of the masculine and feminine. And so in the past, I was very kind of uh, structured and more, much more in my masculine, in my methodologies. So, you know, it'd be like, here's how it's going to go. Step one, step two, step three. You know, that was my psychologist side and how I was operating. Now, the way that I operate is I have a structure to my sessions and a structure to my work. And the, the work is in a sacred energetic container. And then within that structure, there's a lot of flow and a lot of, you know, I'm very flexible. Holding space is something that I do a lot of, partly, especially because I work with leaders. Sometimes it's hard for leaders to work with someone that is able to hold space for them because they are often the space holders for others. And so that is something that I, I don't have to work at it anymore. I think being a psychologist for so long, holding space is like breathing to me, <laughs> but definitely there's holding space. There's that structure, but yeah, a lot of flow within the structure. Oh, I love that. I think too, when you, like you said, over time, like you start out in a certain way where you're just like, still a little bit in the box and then like slowly move away from that. But I'm wondering now that you've been doing this and encountering different people with different experiences, how it's impacted your own growth and like your own abilities. And like, if you feel like it's been strengthening your own connection. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I think when you do this sort of work, as you would know, because you did do this sort of work too, you know, where there's a lot of um, intuitive connection, your own personal work is the most important thing 
taking care of yourself and seeking out mentorship and support in your own spiritual connection and growth. And so I find that I am sort of obsessed with that. And so I do that a lot, like a lot. (laughs) I spend a lot of my time and energy and money on taking care of me. And so then the natural kind of outgrowth of that is that I have a much higher capacity to take care of my clients and to hold space for them and to help them rise into a higher level of whatever it is that they're meant to experience in their life. That makes so much sense. I I know what you mean. Like the more you're in the spiritual space and you're holding space and connecting intuitively, it does make it almost impossible to ignore the other side of it, the personal growth and the personal development, because you're putting yourself in a vulnerable space, even sharing things that you're receiving intuitively. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You mentioned before how some of the things that come up in your sessions are like cord cutting and like energetic blocks from being removed. And I'm just wondering how you approach that or if those come up naturally or if it's something that people come to you expressing what they feel like they have blocks around or if it's something that you're that's where you're able to see those for them. Yeah, usually people are not coming to me and saying like, oh, I think I have an energetic cord, you know, although they might have explored that. Like there's definitely the people who work with me have been interested in psychology, like they usually know sort of, okay, what a chakra is, or, you know, they've been meditating for a while, or they have some understandings of those things. The things that I've noticed in the the years of working, you know, with my clients, of doing my own personal work, of being in groups with other spiritual healers or psychologists, we all kind of struggle with similar stuff, right? Like usually people, we would sometimes joke that like in the military system, for example, you'd think the clients would be coming because of like the trauma in Afghanistan, right? Like it was these horrible traumatic events that happened. But really often the clients were coming in because their wife was mad at them and their wife told them to come or, you know, they were having some issues with their children, like just stuff that everybody goes through. And so when my clients come to me, they're often coming for those things, right? Like, I don't know, I just, I don't feel satisfied with my wife or I'm not as confident as I want to be in my role as a manager or a leader at work or, you know, that sort of thing. But they're also deeply interested in like the energetic side, but they don't know where those blockages are or that they have a cord. Usually that's kind of how it plays out. That's interesting. I was just wondering how that dynamic uh, was playing out for you. And then I know also because you work with leaders and people who have achieved a lot, I'm wondering if you experience a connection between like abundance and money and those energetics a lot with your clients, like as they're working through these other things, if they see that being reflected in income, because I know a lot of people probably are looking at abundance when they're not at that level yet. But if they're already at that level, is that important to your clients or is that something you see coming up a lot? No matter how much money you have, it's still an issue for most people. Like it's not that you like hit a certain income level and then it's like, oh, I got this money thing down. You know, then people start worrying about losing money or not being able to maintain, uh, you know, their income or whatever it is. It's often in the mix. It's usually not the reason why they're coming because money's going pretty well. I don't work with people who are like 
really in the deep in that struggle of not having enough. So usually they do have quite a substantial amount of money. One of the things that I see a lot of is they've achieved money through exceptionally hard work. And they are at the point where they don't want to do that anymore, but it's the only thing they know. And so a lot of what I do with my clients is help them to balance out or find some harmony with you've achieved this at work and achieved this level of success. Now, you know, how can you have some harmony with your personal life, have some hobbies, take time off? Often they're like absolute workaholics, really stuck in that masculine energetic of I need to work these many hours in order to achieve success. So that's usually the focus for us. That makes sense. When you're doing your sessions and exploring people's gifts, are you able to, because I know like activating people's gifts is part of like what you do as a high priestess. And I'm wondering if you have ceremony around that or if it's just working with people to sort of discover what those gifts even are. <laughs> yeah. So at the beginning of every session, we do an invocation with spirit and I do some energy healing as well to kind of prepare whoever I'm working with to receive the maximum amount from our time together. And so that is a time when if they're interested in knowing something, so we do the invocation, we might ask for spirit to provide insight in the session on whatever it is that they want to accomplish. And then when I do the energy healing, I also incorporate intuitive readings within the healing. So it's, it's a mix. And so I get messages from spirit about helping them to guide the client toward whatever it is. So if they're looking to activate gifts, we'll ask for assistance in that respect and we'll get lots of <laughs> spiritual insight into, okay, what do they need to know? I'm definitely a fan of allowing people to experience their own gifting and their own path. I don't tell anyone, okay, you must do this or you must do that. I will give suggestions and guidance and insights. And I always suggest to my clients that they need to use their own discernment and really listen to the whispers of their own soul about what it is that would be most helpful to them. So I'm always trying to empower them to be on their own path. I think partly because I always felt like just too stuck in these boxes that didn't fit. And I think that that was the old paradigm of how we operated in the world. And the new paradigm is, you know, we all get to choose. We listen to our own whispers. And so I hold space for them. I guide them, but I always leave it up to the client to determine their own path. That is really like heartwarming to hear because that's how I feel. Even doing intuitive readings just with cards, I feel like I always kind of set that intention with spirit that I'm not going to get a this or that kind of energy. It's more like these are some options and you have free will, like feel into what feels good for you. And, you know, I think a lot of times we do get stuck thinking because something is presented to us and it seems good that we're supposed to go that route. But like, Maybe there's an alternate version of ourselves. You know, there's all parallel universes maybe where we're doing all kinds of things that we said no to. But I think 
knowing that that's a choice, even if it is being presented to you is so important. And especially in a container like that. And I think, you know, often there are things that we're really good at. Like, for example, I was really good at being a psychologist. I for sure could have kept doing that. And I was very successful at it. I, I ran a clinic where I had people working for me and but it wasn't my life's purpose. It wasn't my soul's path. And so I think sometimes when we don't listen to our internal yearnings, we end up in things that we're competent at, that we're good at, but it's not really what's fueling our soul. And so it's so important to begin just taking little steps, like taking action steps, listening and taking steps, listening and taking steps. And then you'll end up in a place where it's like, oh my gosh, I would never have 20 years ago known that, oh, this is where I'm heading. I thought I'd just be doing something else, right? But when we listen to our, our own soul, we end up in this beautiful space of where we're meant to be. That is so beautiful. And I love how you just summarized that. I would never tell someone, I think you should do this instead, or I don't think you're happy doing what you're doing. But like sometimes you can just feel it in someone's energy, even though they're good at it, you can just feel like there's something more for them. So I love yeah, that I you love, recognize I love it. your style of your readings because, you know, how you just described how, you know, you don't tell anyone what to do. And I've had a couple of readings from you. And yeah, it's just this beautiful, like you provide the information from yourself and from spirit, but you do it in such a, a gifted way. It's like, you just have a beautiful energy to it. I absolutely love how you do it. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. It's something I, I'm really passionate about. I love doing readings for people and I've been doing dream life readings for people recently. That's just where my, I was guided into is this particular area for people of figuring out where their gaps are in that. But that's also how I feel being in session with you actually is exactly that, where I feel like you present all of the options that are coming up and all of these different insights. And then I feel like I come away being like, okay, like where do I want to focus from like these insights that you provided? Where do I feel drawn to the most? And I don't feel that sense of like, I have to do this, this, this. There's no like urgency to it. It's just sort of a lovely menu of options that I feel like I come away with. I love that. Okay. You know, this year I've really been, I used to, operate from the energy of urgency a lot, <laughs> you know, as I look retrospectively at my life. And so this year I've decided nothing is urgent. And I've really been trying to operate in a, a non-urgent energy. So I love that you just brought that up because I've never spoken that out loud, but you <laughs> gave words to that. Oh, I love that that connection was made. Urgency is something that has come up in my awareness in the last week or so, where like that word ha has been really been sticking in my head because I'm the same way. I give everything urgency. And then I realize it's only me giving it urgency. Like no one else is. It's just me. And I'm like working up on these imaginary standards that I've made up for myself. When you were speaking of that, I'm wondering how having a new space to work in and like a new business, if that's part of that like fresh start energy that you created for yourself, that like lack of urgency that you're leaning into? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of my growth edges in the last couple of years has been stepping away from my, I used to be quite a workaholic. I was like, just very like, get up at this time. I was scheduled all day. I was just very I was not in my feminine flow. We'll put it that way. But I didn't rest enough. I didn't give my 
body and mind and spirit enough opportunity to just take some downtime. Just I was focused on building my business and I have two kids and they're in competitive sports and I was just always busy. And so in the last couple of years, I decided, okay, that's not the life that I want to live. You know, I want to have more time and space. I love the luxuriousness of free time. So I actually, I started only seeing clients every other week. I had to gradually kind of work toward that goal. And then on the opposite weeks, I do things like this. I do podcast interviews. I take courses. I go for massages. I work out more. You know, I take care of my kids and spend more time with them. And so I just have more of a balance. And I've decided like the way that I want to move forward in my life is living in a way where I I never feel like I need to like take a vacation from my regular day-to-day life that it's so relaxing to begin with that I'm fine either way. Not that I won't take vacations, but <laughs> but I don't urgently need to, right? So that's, I've really been working on that in the last couple of years. That is actually amazing. I love the idea of scheduling it on a week on week off basis, because I think sometimes when we give ourselves a couple of days off, like I do that for myself, where I have a couple of days every week that I don't work, but I always end up working because it's just like, you're like, I'll do it tomorrow. Having a whole week is very intentional because you, you look forward to having that week, I imagine. Well, it's still a work in progress because I really try not to work too much on Fridays and I do a terrible job at that. I actually really love what I do. I'm like, okay, I need to focus and like get my things done so I can take Friday off. And I'm definitely not completely achieving my goal there, but it's a work in progress. And I've gone from being terrible at it to being pretty good. (laughs) I feel like that's a huge improvement. I think even just the idea of not feeling like you need a vacation from daily life is, I think, a dream life for most people, right? So I think the fact that you're able to do that and that that is your focus is absolutely incredible. And it's something I'm going to work towards because I would love to feel that way for sure. Not that I don't enjoy what I do, but I just don't have the balance. That's what I need to work on for sure. Yeah, balance is a huge huge issue. And I think just, you know, in our society, we don't value rest and the cycles of life. We're just constantly in the the push energy. And I'm definitely very passionate about helping people to value rest as much as they value work. Yeah, I think that's so important, especially because burnout is so real. I've been there and I'm still recovering from it from like four years ago. So I think it is important to help people on the prevention side of it, because I think until now, it's always just been, okay, you get to that point, you do whatever you can to be able to get back into the rat race, and then you come back into it, uh, you know, and you're like, how did I get here? And it's like, well, you didn't change anything. So I think like, it's I, important. Yeah, like COVID was such a good example yeah. of that. Where, you know, many of the people I know, like, the where I was stuck with overwork and like being a workaholic and with my kids, a lot of my friends are, I don't know if they call themselves workaholics, but they work all day. Their kids have activities at night. There's just, it's a very fast paced life. And we had a break from it during, you know, when COVID was at its peak. And I know a lot of 
parents who are like, oh, thank God, like this is the first time I've been able to breathe because there's stuff like all of our stuff reduced. And then when the world opened up again, it just started back up the same way. And it's like, have we not learned some of the lessons that we are meant to learn there? And one of them was we don't really want this fast paced, nonstop, go, go, go type of lifestyle. But I do feel like the wheels of change turn very slowly in society. So there's a shift happening, but we definitely haven't got the balance there yet. A hundred percent. And it's interesting because as you're saying that, I'm feeling like I have definitely gone the route of like slowing, even though I'm, everyone looks at me and says I'm so busy, but I'm like, I feel like I'm doing nothing now compared to what I was doing pre-COVID. I was in a full-time university degree and it was an arts degree. So I also had time in the studio on top of that. And then I also had two part-time jobs, but one of them I had taken on extra hours because the assistant manager was off and I was working over 40 hours some weeks on top of a full degree. And then I was like, what do people do with nothing to do? Because I literally, everything stopped because it was right around the time that I graduated and everything. And I was just like doing nothing. And I was, I loved it. I was like, I didn't think I, at first it was like, suspicious of it. And then I was like, I can, that's when I got back into my spirituality. That's when I started doing all the things that I'm doing now. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't slow down. So I feel like I enjoyed it so much that I actually did stay with that. And even in my retail job that I had at the time, it did open up after a couple months after lockdown. And I remember they started out, they're like, we can only give you two shifts a week because like everything was on reduced hours. And I was like, that's fine. And then when they started being like, can you come in? I was like, I can't. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I only did two shifts a week and they're like eight hour shifts. And I was like, no, this is enough for me. <laughs> like, I can't. And it's totally. just so funny how like if you had asked me b- before COVID, if I would ever slow down and only work a couple days a week, I'd be like, are you nuts? No, there's no way. But now I'm yeah. like, I can't imagine going back into that lifestyle now but I think it takes people like what I was getting at is that I feel like people like yourself and myself and people that we know like in this space who have created that life when people see that then there's at least an example of it working and I think sometimes people don't see another way so they're like well back into it and they don't see the other options of like how you can have more agency over your time and I think that's really important to at least have a few people that are doing it. And I think being a bit of a rebel, like myself as well, I'm a Capricorn. We were talking about this before, how we don't look like rebels and people wouldn't necessarily see us as being rebels, but it's in the actions and like the way we look at, the way we see our own lives and the way we like make choices for ourselves is where that rebellion comes from. It's not so much externally. <laughs> totally, yeah. I don't know what the the typical rebel looks like, but... I would guess it's maybe not that the character is not us. <laughs> Probably not, no. You were talking about something that I thought was so important. Just being open. Like I have historically, I'm just a naturally very private person. And I decided, okay, I'm going to be a bit more open about my life. I decided to launch my podcast, which you're going to be a guest on soon. Yeah. It's called Therapy Wise. I just absolutely love sharing my life on there. And I've discovered like, why do I like this yet? I never post about anything on social media. (laughs) Like I'm very private, but I feel like people don't listen to a podcast unless they're a pretty good fit for the podcast, right? You don't listen to one that you're like not at all interested in. 
right? So I, I felt like, you know, my people are listening to me. So it's helped me to be more open. And I've noticed I've been getting feedback that people find my decisions very inspiring. And it didn't occur to them that they had some of these choices. And so I've decided, okay, I'm going to be more open about some of the things that I do because it is helping people like to see. And I, I find that in my own life where somebody does something and I think like, oh my gosh, that's so impressive. I love seeing how people accomplish these amazing things. I find it so inspiring. That is so true. And I think that's where I even came into the to deciding to do a podcast was because I appreciated other people so much. And then through doing readings and sessions, a lot of what spirit brings through for me is if they're trying to get to a particular point to make to someone, they'll often show something I've done already or something that like a choice I've made or something that I can relate to. And then when I share that with someone and they have, you know, a reaction to it or they feel inspired from it, then that's kind of what made me start thinking, oh, maybe there is something for me to share as well. So I love that you shared how you feel about the podcasting world, because I'm, I kind of feel the same. It can go for a while where I feel like I'm just talking to myself. And then you get like, all of a sudden, like a certain episode, like a bunch of people will bring in feedback and then like share and like message you about it or let you know that it resonated. And then you're like, okay, so more of this. And for me, it's always the episodes that I kind of do last minute just because I feel like something happened and I want to share it. It's not the ones that I research and like spend time on. It's always the ones where it's just me sharing something that I came up with or something that like inspired me. And those are the ones people resonate with. So I think it's true that it's like the people who are drawn to your energy or who are going to listen to your podcast. Like you said, it's not just random people that are going to be following along. It's the people who resonate with what you're doing. Yeah. And it, it like that's such a good example of like, you're listening to spirit inspiration, really. Like it's this mix of your own knowledge and skill and spirits like, hey, Andrea, you need to share this. And then you listen, which not everyone listens to yeah. that. And so it's there's a magnetic quality to that when we listen to that message. I very much agree. And I feel that that's what draws me to people's podcasts is always when I feel that energy where like it's coming directly through. It's not being filtered. It's not being like, you know, muddied with anything else. It's just coming directly from the person in that energy of inspiration. I'm looking forward to being on your podcast. My last question that I have for you is just what is your favorite part about what you do right now? So I would say because I'm working with leaders, they take care of other people. So I'm kind of taking care of them. They're taking care of other people. And by helping them to step into their highest level of fulfillment, there's so much spillover into other people. And that is like, to me, that is what changes the world. And so I just absolutely love that when I can help them. And then they're helping all these people who help all these people, like the ripple effect is such a beautiful thing. And so deep down, that is really why I do what I do. That is beautiful. I can see that in my head as you're talking, I can see this like ripple effect of like how far that can go. I I'm going to be sharing all of your links in the show notes, but I was wondering if you could share a little bit about how people can connect with you, different ways they can work with you and find you. For sure. So you can find me at wisdomportal.ca 
and the Wisdom Portal on Instagram. That's mostly where I hang out. I have a new account there because I'm starting this. Although I've been in the business world for a long time, that's my uh, new Instagram handle. And um, so what I'm offering right now is my Mastery Paradigm Methodology. So I offer that in one-on-one bespoke um, containers. And I also am just going to start launching a group. Um, I I feel like I'm a little bit of a a spiritual matchmaker. And (laughs) I've always said that that's one of my gifts as well. I'm like, ooh, I was always really good at matching psychologists to clients. Um, And I've noticed in my work with in the Mastery Paradigm, I often am like, oh, these people would, if they were in a group together, there would be such an energetic cauldron developed. And so I've decided, you know what, I'm ready to offer this methodology in a group setting where we can all um, have community support and support each other. And so I'm launching that in the next couple of months. So if you go to my website or my Instagram, you can apply to work with me and we can have an intake call. That's awesome. I will definitely have those links in the show notes because I'm sure people are going to want to learn more. And I love that you brought up being a spiritual matchmaker because within the Spirit School Collective, the community that I work in, one of my favorite things to do is partner pairing. So people sign up to do readings and then I like pair them and I usually do it intuitively. I could easily just do it in a systematic way and make it a lot easier for myself. But I love just intuitively pairing people and then seeing all the connections that are made. So I love that we have that in common. It is such a good feeling. That is so true. I have experienced that. I've been one of the pairing or many of the pairings that you've made in that membership. And I do feel like you and I, we're very similar. You know, when we met, I was like, oh, me too. And you were like, oh yeah, me too. And I feel like we have a lot of similarities in our energy. So I'm I'm not at all surprised at that. Me either. Yeah, it, it was one of those connections that I felt was meant to happen. And I think I paired myself with you too, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. We both yeah. got it there. It was really awesome. Well, I have loved this conversation and I look forward to being on Therapy Wise and having another discussion with you and spending more time with you and just really appreciate you taking the time to be on Spirit Crumbs today. Yes, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs, or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.